One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment one, episode 40 of segment one. Wait, no, that's wrong. What? Episode 40 of segment one, did you just say? <laughs> yes, I did. I said episode 40 <laughs> Oh my god, one. it's been so long since I saw daylight. <laughs> oh my god. So, I mean, technically it's true. This is the 40th segment one. No, it's not. It is. It's the 40th segment one. No. no. Oh God, you're right. It's the 37th, because we did <laughs> we did segment two and segment three as a separate episode of for the podcast one, two, and three. Right. Yeah. This is to, anyway. This is a, just a, a fucking disaster right off the bat. Uh, anyway, welcome back. Um, topics. We have. Uh, well, I have a topic right off the bat, which yep. it was a conversation I was having with somebody, um, you know, around where I, I live. So I was I was out at a restaurant earlier this week. And um, I was just having a, a conversation with one of the wait staff there, and like it was a slow day, so we were, we were chatting about books and movies, and like me, another patron there, and the 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 waitress, the three of us were like, we were trying to think of, is there ever a situation where like you have a a starts off as a book, becomes a movie, and the movie ends up being better than the book. And we were struggling to think, because, and not necessarily a movie, it could be a TV show too. Like, a few of the, the obvious ones that jump to mind, like um, Game of Thrones, I absolutely love the books. But I feel like, you know, especially as the series went on, they deviated further and further from them, and the series got worse and worse, and it kind of is reflected in the ratings. Also, because um, it's a lot easier to watch TV than it is to read a book. It is, but you, you do. At least these days. It is, but yeah, and you, you, but you tend to have um, shallower stories. I think that's why it tends to be easier. Mm. Um, so I, anyway, I, I was trying to think of that, and I, I couldn't really, and things that I could do direct comparisons with, because, it, in my opinion, Harry Potter, the movies were better than the books. That's kind of controversial, but that's because I saw the movies first, and then went back and tried to read the books, but the books were very much oriented towards children and at the time i was 18 when i tried to read the books and it just didn't they didn't, didn't you say you preferred the hobbit movie over the hobbit books i did say that yeah okay yeah. that that's that's an example i mean i don't agree with that but i am just saying it's what the you first, said <laughs> the first hobbit i feel like if they had just condensed it down a little bit more it would have been better right but like i listened to the entire hobbit uh book on audiobook on like one business trip and it didn't even last me the whole flight, but I got through the whole thing, and it was just okay. But I don't remember anything about the book, like nothing. Yeah, it, nothing stuck with me. But I remember bits from the movie. Um. Ooh, I just hmm? remembered a movie we need to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was thinking, I was like, hmm. Well, maybe if we're considering like comic strips as well. That's legit. That Thinking like um oh that there was that horrible Judge Dredd film, which is the one with um, the comics apparently. Yeah, Sylvester so Stallone. Yeah, but they, they did a they did another Judge Dredd film after that one that's supposed to be kind of. Which is what I want to, want you to watch. Okay. Um, it's got the really cool guy who, um, I don't remember his name. He's he he was in Riddick. He was the Vaco. Dude. Oh, okay. Yep. With the black hair. He's like super serious. He's a really good Judge Dredd. Um, okay. And so that's probably one thing. But I was thinking, I've never read the original comics, so I don't know how good the Judge Dredd comics were. 
Maybe but that, that was a really good film. Maybe that's what it comes down to. Like, it's whichever one you read or watched first. first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if you saw the movie... Maybe that's that's what I was thinking with the Harry Potter thing. I saw the movies first. I mean, the, the same is true, I think, for Lord of the Rings. But I haven't gone all the way through the books. Um, I'm still... <sighs> they're just so long. I, I love Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I keep... Again, it's another thing that I keep saying I want to watch, but it is three movies, and I'm not going to subject you guys to that long. Maybe I'll, when I'm over ease, I'm going to make her watch it over several weeks. But early, early on in the lockdown, um, I, I have the extended cuts for the uh, movies on yeah. Blu-ray, and they're yeah, I watched be a pitfall. It. They're like three hours long each, yeah, or more. It's like um. I think when I got you it's towards the Blues Brothers, I think it was, and I think YouTube automatically takes the extended cut version of the films. Yeah, I remember. And yeah, it did drag a bit. Because at the end, it was just like, okay, we've seen, like, you know, 13 or 14 car crashes now. Like, when is this, you know, can we can we wrap it up a little bit? But yeah, the chase bit. scene did go on for quite a while. Mm. But, uh, but, yeah, okay, cool. Um, well, I'm just... It's, it's getting to me. I'm trying to think of an example where I've done both and I've liked both. Or maybe I've done the reverse. Like, I've, I've seen the movie first and then read the book and ended up liking the book more. Or seen the, the book, read about, the book first and watched the movie and liked the movie more. What about, because I'm pretty sure you've seen both. And this is very much edging it out on a different kind of category, but, like, Naruto? I have not read the manga. I did watch okay. the anime um, back in high Death school. Note. Definitely like the anime more. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So, if we're talking about the live actions, then obviously not. Oh, like, yeah, not the live... No, hell no. Um, but I, I love the books. Um, and there weren't... It's not like one of these animes that goes on forever. Um, I like that mm. there was eventually a conclusion, even though I didn't like the conclusion that there was. So... <laughs> At least that- they got there. That is something, um, I, maybe I should caveat that. In my mind, um, the moment, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it, the moment L dies, no. That's that's where the anime ends. Really? I do, the... the oh, the, oh, I see, okay, The yeah, final no, third of the series doesn't exist for me. Yeah. Because it's I... just, it goes so far off the rails, and it's so shitty. Uh, I don't know, I kind of like all the... Because that's before anyone realizes everything. That there's moments where it's like the betrayal between the father and son. Yeah, that so was really like, those oof. those were good. the The problem I had with it is it got to like parody levels. Like you had, um, you had first you had, you had two weak ass imitations of Al that show up, right? Yeah, uh, mellow and uh, yeah, Jello. Mellow and Jello. Let's call them that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the guy that eats chocolate bars and the guy that stacks sticks. Those two. I think it was a girl. No, they were both guys. Mellow. The uh, slightly older sister. I thought they like, were both guys. In the gang. I, I don't I thought, know. I don't know. I, I, it's been a long time since I've watched through that part of the series because I watched Not it... this argument again. It's a young boy or an older woman. <laughs> to um, Sorry, to, to add some context... <laughs> this has been an ongoing uh, debate. Whenever we are playing uh, the video game Valorant, we'll occasionally have other people on the... Th- everyone has a mic in the game. Uh, we'll have people talk, and 
they'll depending on who like just it it changes from game to game but some of us will go like oh no that's that's clearly a little kid another one's like no no no, that's a girl and it just it it, we're we never agree it doesn't we're always one way or the other but we never agree so generally scott's always on one side extreme you're always extreme on the other side i tend to float between (laughs) but oh my god anyway back to what we're talking about story yeah so like my problem with the series was that they like they they go like all completely off the, the the things they do to catch him are so cartoonishly stupid like mm. they throw a bunch of money out of a helicopter or they i don't know do all this it's just in the the first part of the series the the kind of battle of wits dynamic between um light and l like it was genuinely tense and you could see it actually happening it was all grounded mm. in reality but in it, it's just it becomes like um bond villain-esque in the the that last part of the the series and i just didn't like yeah. it at all the, the I, conclusion yeah, I, I, I agree that was that was a really tense and crazy scene it's how they got to that conclusion which was just oh i hated dumb. the end i hated the end with a burning passion yeah um i thought it was really dumb and that would never have happened. He basically acted for ninety percent of the story up until that point. He acted with a calm, clear mind, and then he goes berserk in the end. Yeah, at the end, he's just like whips out the diary in front of everyone, starts writing names like a crazy person. Yeah, and it's like, well, uh, when when he killed L, he was like holding L in his arms, like fake crying over him in the last second of life. He gets that wicked fucking grin and is like, "I've won now." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, oh shit! And it's it's all friends. just it's all subtle and subdued and just oh, it it's perfectly orchestrated. But the last, yeah, the ending yeah. to it, where and this is one of the very few stories where I want the bad guy to win because he's yeah. such a good bad guy. Well, we we've talked about this a few times in the podcast. I think you you it's just so rare that you get a good villain. Mm. Like, and sometimes you don't always need to have a happy ending. It doesn't always have to be, like, this saccharine butterflies at the end of the movie. You Sometimes you want to have a tragedy. Sometimes you want to have a movie where, like, a villain, even if you, you hate that villain, it's satisfying to watch, like, him triumph or whatever. And it, yeah. But this is, this is making me think of another topic that I want to I discuss. Because okay. we, we've kind of soft transitioned into it already. Um... Well, movies, the, the, t- the voices thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Movies, TV oh. shows, and books that, that basically are great, and then they fuck up the ending. Yeah, we've talked about this quite a bit. Because I remember I've I've gone over the Darren Shan ending mm. multiple times. That's the one that will always stick in my mind as the worst ending to a good series. Yeah, um, I've got I've got one in mind that seriously sticks out for me. Uh, but I just so there's a movie um, called Law Abiding Citizen. I heard of it. It's it's pretty good. So it's uh, the the premise of the movie is um, sorry this thing turned on my so um, the premise of the movie is uh, Sean Bean I think the guy who was in Three Hundred is that is that him? Uh, I've not seen Three Hundred. Oh truth. really? Great movie. Um, yeah. Terribly historically uh, inaccurate, but great movie. Yeah, I, I actually watched a review for it not too long ago, and they were like, "Here's all the flaws in it." Yeah, it's think about if you took like um, Greek history and instead of like normal people, you inserted um, you know superheroes. The Spartan kick one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the this is Sparta. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, he was in a movie called uh, Law Abiding Citizen, and the premise is yeah. this guy who uh, like he's you know he's at home with his his wife and his daughter, and these two robbers break in, and um, they they stab him and tie him up, and then they proceed to rob the house and they they kill his wife and kid. Mm. Um, and he lives, and, um, you know, going through the prosecution process, the guy who was kind of a patsy, the guy who was just the accomplice, uh, but didn't actually kill anyone, he gets death row, and because the other guy, the guy that did kill people, had a good lawyer, he cuts a deal with the prosecution, and he only gets, like, I don't know, like, ten years in jail or something like that. This sounds a lot like that, um, book that uh john grisham uh, the, the one with the ex-vietnam veteran oh uh, uh i know i've spoken with your mother um, about this before oh uh, a time to die or something like that or a time to kill or Quite possibly all several years ago um it, it's a good it's a good book and the, the movie version of it has sam jackson in it yeah and because he refuses to do something out of honor he basically ends up getting executed by the state. Oh, maybe... No, I'm thinking of a different movie. I'm thinking of the movie... I think it was a movie one. It was one of the few ones that made it into a movie. Yeah, yeah, but I'm thinking of a different one. Right. Because that's not the plot of that one. Um, okay. But yeah, so... Fast forward ten years, and... Um, you know, the guy who was on death row, he's getting executed by lethal injection... And rather than the calm, peaceful process where they have the canisters, one puts him to sleep, and then one kills him, one stops his heart, you know, whatever. They, they, yeah. they usually inject three chemicals, and that that's how it's, it's meant yeah. to be more humane. I personally still find it disgusting. I'd rather die by firing squad. Um, anyway, so something goes wrong, and he dies in a, just a brutal and, like, painful way. Like, because somebody swapped yeah. out the chemicals. Um and the other guy who's out now and is basically a bum, you know, he's in like some dilapidated apartment uh, taking drugs. He ends up getting brutally murdered as well. And it's heavily implied that it, well, it, it is that guy, the guy who whose family these two killed. Right. And so that's that's just the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Jeez. The rest of the movie is they've arrested this guy and they're pretty sure he's the one that did it. But they can't find any sort of proof. And they're just holding him to for trial. And he starts basically enacting this very elaborate revenge against the prosecutor's office who did, like, basically cut a deal with these horrible people. And um, so, like, you know, the judge that agreed to it, she ends up getting killed. The guy who was defending the guy that killed his wife and daughter, he ends up, you know, suffocating in a bin out in a field. Like, all Christ. of this. And the, he... The, no one knows how he's doing it. It's he's got this big elaborate plan. Like him being arrested was just part of the plan. And it turns out that he's like this big. They they find out that you know his job, the guy whose wife and daughter died, was um, he was like a military engineer, and so he designed like weapons and you know stuff for the CIA, ways to do like clandestine assassinations and stuff like that. And um, so he. My problem is, and it's so good right up until the ending, because at the end, like he, he, they've made him out to be this genius, and the movie ends with a fucking Deus Ex Machina 
where some nobody oh. who has not been in the movie, like the, the main um, guy who's supposed to be the protagonist, um, he gets an email from somebody who isn't even in the movie that just tells it, it basically this is everything you need to know dot exe just like yeah here's <laughs> here's this whole plan and then simultaneously him the guy who's been doing all this he makes the most stupid decision possible <laughs> and it's just like oh the ending drives me nuts like they yeah, oh, it's just, it's such, he's, it's, they've made him out to be such this really powerful antagonist where you can kind of sympathize with him and it's like, oh, you're, he's a genius. You don't know what kind of crazy fucked up thing he's going to do next. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, he like just magically kills himself um, because the, the prosecutor somehow stole the bomb he was going to use to blow something up and slipped it into his cell and the guy, you know, blows himself up. It's just, it's such a stupid ending. There's, so, okay, I know we we talked about this last time, Mm. but uh, me and Lucy have been watching Digimon. In the the Dark Masters arc, you Mm -hmm. know how there's uh, Machine Dramon? Yeah, yeah. He's like the ultimate evil Digimon. He's like nothing is stronger than a machine Digimon, right? Yeah, yeah. Him, big dude with cannons on his back, right? Yeah, like metal dragon with cannons. Um, he's literally. They say in the thing, he's the ultimate like war machine. There's nothing that can beat him. Mm. Um, they take about twice as long to kill a Pinocchio boy in a forest. Than they do to kill the ultimate fucking mega <laughs> machine dramon, and it's it's freaking ridiculous. Like, so Pin- Pinocchio-mon or whatever, Pin- something like that. Pedemon, Pedemon. He's no, he's like a little kid, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no. But I think it, he has a name like that though. It's like P I E T O M O N or something like that. It's it's Pinocchio-mon, I think. Pin- really? Oh, okay. Uh, it's kind of on the nose, yeah. Um, pun definitely not intended, but you know what? <laughs> um, and, yeah, he's he's got, like, a house in a forest, and they're just wandering around for episodes and episodes and episodes. He never really engages them. He just gets other people to fight. And when they finally fight him, they basically just crush him. But that takes about ten episodes. Then they go to this big city where there's, like, tank mons. There's, there's freaking Megadramon and... The even more powerful version of Mega Mega Dramon or whatever the fuck he's called, <laughs> flying around the sky, it literally nukes an entire city, and they never end up fighting them. <laughs> they end up fighting those guys' boss, who's even more powerful, and they kill him in a single scene. <laughs> like the literally a bunch of Numamons jump on top of him, he kills like a hundred of them in a single shot. Well, th- this goes back to what you were saying last week, though. Like, it's just the the power like, the power dynamics, the power levels and that are just a mess. Yeah, well, because, and I think Alicia absolutely had it right afterwards, because we were talking about it. And she was like, oh, I guess they did that because they were running out of episodes. <laughs> and literally... I'm on to the final, final Dark Master now. They've just started fighting him, and there are four episodes. 
till mm. the end of the, the season. Um, so I think they're going to do the same with him. And oh, God, he's the um, he's the clown dude with the knives, right? Yeah, uh, I can't really remember his name. He looks kind of stupid. Um, Devamon was a really fucking cool enemy. Yeah, Etamon was meh because he's just a bit gross in general. Mm. Um, so th- this is something yeah. to to bring it to like a more general topic. This is something that I think is it's important when you're talking about like fantasy universes or like um, even anything like a superhero kind of universe. Like, what I was talking about earlier for the people that don't know, when I'm talking about, like, a like a power level dynamic in those kinds of shows, you need to have, like, if you have superhumans in a world, and you need to have some way of establishing the scale of how powerful they are in relation to, like, a normal person. And it doesn't have to be as on the nose as it was in Dragon Ball Z at the beginning, where it was like, it's 100, it's 9,000! It's so, hmm. but it can be just as simple as okay. I know that this guy can like you know lift a car, but this guy can kick that guy's ass. So this guy is you know more powerful than him. In some shows, they just make an absolute mess of it. Digimon being a very good example because, like you yeah. were saying, they establish these guys as an unstoppable badass, and then he dies in like two hits. And it's not just movies either. Um... The, the Cyber Sleuth game I've been playing recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the tutorial, they have you on a team with, again, Machine Dramon on your team against one enemy, and you have a, like, I had a Palmon, right? Mm. My Palmon was doing as much damage as Machine Dramon. Like, an, considered basically above Ultimate Digimon. Yeah. And a rookie. <laughs> That's like four stages apart. They do... Yeah, video games get this wrong too. It's just—it's not good. It's ridiculous. I mean, if it was a little bit closer, I could understand it. If it was a champion and an ultimate, then they would be still very different, <laughs> but kind of there. Yeah, you could get away with it for a tutorial. you with something a little bit more. Um, part of me thinks it's to get people in quick and go like, "Look, this is a cool guy that you might get if you keep playing this game and don't sell it." That's true. Um, and it is a good game. I'm enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, well, I, I, like I said, I had it for the PS4. I beat the whole thing. Uh, the game we're talking about, by the way, is a, it's a Digimon video game. Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Um, yeah, I'm on a very real Digimon kick at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was 70% off on Steam, so if you want to be at it, I don't know if it still is, but... Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I think when I got it, it was, it was pretty cheap. Even back then, the PlayStation version of it, I picked it up for like 20 or 30 bucks. Hmm. Although, as we have discussed, unlike much of the Digimon franchise, this one has rather adult themes. Yeah. So, you've been yeah. warned. <laughs> but the weird kind of Japan adult themes, like... Oh. Yeah. There's there's not much murder, I don't think. I've, I don't think... I think somebody gets murdered in the beginning, don't they? Uh, there's no, like, actual... There's never any blood. Yeah, it's all, like, virtual murder. Yeah, people just dissolve. Yeah. So it's not really... And it's cartoony anyway. Alright, well, we've hammered that quite a bit. Did you have something else that you wanted to to talk about in this segment? Uh, I thought you said you had a topic earlier, but... I mean, so I was going to talk about Cyber Sleuth. Oh. (laughs) um, 
kind of already covered that. Well, if we want, we can hammer. I guess I can probably think of another ending that I hated. <laughs> well, I thought you had another one. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, back on the original topic, all yeah. over the place. The movies were better than books. I thought of one. Um, so this this might not be the best uh, example. Um, Gatsby or The Great Gatsby. I've that, not seen it, but. I've read the I read the book in school. I had to read it in high school. Uh, it was mm. um, required reading, and I found the book dull and boring, and the main character utterly unlikable. But they did a a, re- a remake of it, like a modern remake, which had some con- like kind of weird things to it. But I just I found it still told the same story, but mm. it added like you know, color and life and sound to it, and I actually got into it a lot more when I watched the movie. Yeah, I think a lot of the, the thing about The Gatsby was that, like, the, the whole genre style of it looked really impressive, because it's um, Art Nouveau, right? Yeah. Or is it? Or it's no, it's, one, it? uh, it's not, it's not, uh, it's... Uh, it's the other Nouveau. <laughs> there's, a, there's a name for that. It's that, that 1920s style of artwork. Yeah, the, um, the iron one as opposed to the, like chill one i yeah. can't remember it's been too many years since it did my graphics but... art deco art deco that's the one it's called art oh. deco yeah um uh, but when you bring yeah. it up actually reminded me i'm sure because i haven't actually seen this movie i'm sure um oh you haven't no but no 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 the one i'm about to say oh, okay. uh the singing one that duncan fucking loved uh less miserables that's the one i'm ass- i'm assuming the story the before, movie is a lot before, better. Before people get like re- really up in arms, I know it's pronounced Les, Mi- Les Miserables. But, um. Les Miserables. But yeah, no, I actually really love the movie. Oh my god. I've, I've never. I didn't know. Well, I know that it was a book, I knew it was a play. Um, yeah. But I absolutely love that movie. I, I have it on. need to do that one at yeah, some point then. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Like, that is one of the few movies. Like, I. It's hard to actually have like get me to have an emotional reaction, but the first time I saw that movie, the ending legitimately I had tears in my eyes. Oh my god. It was it like it had that kind of an emotional impact on me. It's so so well done. Mm. And, and um, I think I think I assume I've seen, seen it considering it's a musical. But I've certainly not. <laughs> some of the um somebody told me about that yeah, a couple f- friends from my hometown very much um musical and theater people mm. they they were telling me that um they did something different when recording that movie so normally the way that they'll do um the, the singing in it there's a that came through on the mic the, the way, normally the way that they'll do the singing on it that looks pretty good hmm. tropical okay anyway um so <laughs> normally the way they do singing in, in musicals um They'll, they'll sort of like pre-record it, and then they'll they'll listen to themselves singing it and kind of sing along to their pre-recorded way, and so they'll be able to do some trickery with in that regard to like make the sound seem right. I, I don't really understand the dynamic, but apparently in this one, all the singing was like done live. Like they the they're actually singing in those scenes. They didn't pre-record it. Or listen to themselves pre-recording it. They just they and I think it really comes along in a lot of the scenes because you you definitely see them really getting into it when they sing. 
Yeah, I mean, okay, so when um, I, I think doing doing things at the time is always great. So when you see lots of jump cuts in a film, I don't know if it's just a recent thing, but I do notice it a lot more. Yeah, um, that's why I knew when the um, that uh, the the blind superhero when that um, TV series came out, the boys. No, oh wait, no, no, blind superhero. Oh, um, uh, Daredevil. Yeah. And they they were like, yeah, we did every single scene, every single fighting scene. There's no cuts. Mm. They just start to finish, and it looks really fucking impressive. Mm. Uh, at least the first few episodes did. I don't know how far I actually watched into it, but um, it it it, it was really <coughs> really cool. They didn't pan the camera away whenever someone got hit, like they properly did it with professionals. That um, you know, there, there's something to be said about like. I mean, you don't have to do that. Like, I think it, you can make, like, a cut fight scene look good. But sometimes it's really obvious when it, like, um... Mm. Oh, what was... When, like, everything's either moving too fast to see what's happening. Yeah. Or they just don't... They're, like, pointing at the guy's face when he gets hit instead of the whole scene. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to think of a... Uh, there's, there's, a there's a few movies that have had, like, really bad, cheesy fight scenes. Um, yeah, I watched one kind of recently. I can't remember what it was, though. Sometimes um, it can be funny. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> this this has very little to do with this. But back in, in college, um, one, I found this. It was like, I guess it, it, you'd call, it was like a Chinese anime movie. As weird as that sounds. Like, it was... So I'm using anime. It's not, it's not anime because it wasn't from Japan. But it was... It was kind of that style it was animated and mm. it was these it, it was the the movie's called storm rider clash of evils and think like mortal kombat-esque like god fighters like you know fighting all throughout rural china to achieve mm. some goal i barely remember what the the movie was about but the animation and the the fight scenes were so like badass um yeah. It was just it was I have the movie somewhere on one of my hard drives, but it was it was actually really cool to watch. I do not remember the plot. It's been like ten years since I've seen it, but it was it was good. Plus the the title is so badass: Storm Rider Clash of Evils. I don't know. It does sound very phone game titley. <laughs> All they need to add is clans to the end of it, and it's just <laughs> right up there. <laughs> you get like two scenes into the movie, and it pauses to play an ad. Oh, maybe it's because you said clash. Clash of evil. Clash, yeah. Clash is a very key word that just... Well, isn't Clash of Clans a, uh, a mobile game? Yeah, and it's spread to lots of other things. Oh um, my god. I mean, even fucking League uses Clash, don't they? Yeah, cl clash? well, yeah. Clash is their weekly tournament mode. Mm. Or maybe it's monthly. I don't know. I barely play that game anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you go on and off of it, don't you? Yeah, you forget I mean, how angry it makes you, and then you play it again, and then you, it, you feel like you get a little nostalgic for it. I mean, that's that's what happened. I used to, I played it probably the I was most prolifically playing it back in like 2013, 2014, yeah. And then I didn't touch it for like a year and a half, and it wasn't mm -hmm. until like 2016, 2017 that I started playing it again. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I did think we, I certainly didn't need that in my life. <laughs> It is a very uh, the game I want to get back into is StarCraft Two. 
because um, mm. I can I can feel myself getting like that's kind of your magnum opus, really. It well, it's the yeah, it's the game, the, the one competitive game that I think besides Halo that I got like really really good at, like Halo, Halo Two and Starcraft Two were the two games that I said just said two three times in a row, and that was like annoying me. Um, <laughs> alliteration, but yeah, those those were the two games that I ever got like really good at and like really high ranked at um on anyway we're waffling we're at the end of the segment i think we've we've adequately beaten these topics to death yeah what, whatever those topics originally were we got lots for the next segment though so don't yes oh that. my god i saw the the season finale for invincible and i fucking loved it oh yeah. my god so good um, what did we watch this week um yeah it was oh <laughs> we watched that uh that show that you and i immediately got into an argument oh. about after the <laughs> it oh was a uh, stardust yeah, all right the movie was stardust yeah so Perfect, lots i've started to... drinking now then <laughs> <laughs> lots to talk about in the next segment all yep. right uh this is gonna be the end of segment one of the team cj podcast thank you all for listening and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment two Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment, and Blue just squeaked a squeaker in my ear. Um, <laughs> God damn it. It's going to be so loud on the... Rec- I Okay, oh, before we get into this, can we talk about how you thought you were muted last week and started banging your keyboard, <laughs> so I had to fix it in editing? <laughs> That's right, I finally got close to do his job and edit a video, yes! I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't sync up the audio, because normally I, I do it you know, based on the, the audio spikes, you know, and I was like, blues don't match any... Oh, right. He forgot to mute himself on everything except Discord. And so... I did mute myself somewhere. There's just this strip of maxed out mic noises. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. <laughs> oh my no. god. Okay. So, I, I, I just want to jump into this. I talked about Invincible uh, last week, this series mm-hmm. on Amazon that I was really loving, and the f- season finale came out uh yes no thursday yeah you're saying thursday last night, week you were super hyped for it i was and, but i was so terrified there's so many shows going back to the uh you know endings that oh, let you down segment, yeah there, there's so many shows that out there that like they they have such a good premise and then they fuck it up like for the, the final hurdle yeah yeah and it's one of the, the reasons that like the expanse i found so good because it was genuinely good from beginning to end they didn't like season four was a little meh but whatever but they did i was so afraid they, they had established a complex person who you knew had done something horrible they weren't mm-hmm. out and out the villain but they could have been or they could have had a good reason for it or something like that and you had like you knew that there was going to be some kind of a giant like emotional moment where the other character like the, the this guy's son, the guy, the, the Superman equivalent I was talking about, Omni Man. Um, yeah. He had done something horrible, and you knew it right from the beginning of the series. But his son and all the other characters didn't. Several of them suspected that he did, but it didn't ever actually, you know, come to fruition um, until the last. And right at the end of episode seven, the son kind of finds out that you know he's done something horrible, or sees him do something horrible right in front of him. And the episode just ends with him going, you know, son, we need to talk. And that is where this episode picks up. Um, 
and like so he reveals that he had kind of established that he came from a planet you know basically the superman backstory except the planet didn't blow up he came from a planet and they they go out they're essentially a, a planet of they have a utopia and so they they've become like space humanitarians they go out to different planets with one of their guys and help you know keep the planet safe solve their problems etc cetera, etc cetera. um he reveals that's not true his planet actually went through they did develop a utopia but they did it through a brutal process of like essentially eugenics like hunger Games style fight to the death until only the greatest and strongest people were left alive and they had this utopian society after that um and then they decided that they were they it was their duty to spread this utopia that they have developed to the rest of the galaxy and so they go and they they go to planets and they offer them a choice you know join the empire or we just blow the planet away yeah and the people who join the empire their their quality of life genuinely goes up they cure diseases they solve all kinds of medical issues they eliminate you know poverty and hunger all this positive stuff but it's at the point of a gun like if you 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 get all this positive stuff but you get this positive stuff by joining us and if you don't yeah. join us you die so that that kind of right off the bat and so the son is like you know kind of hurt by that but then he he goes further and goes like well we kept expanding and our population wasn't big enough to hold on to the whole empire mm. and so they started to to continue their expansion they um decided they were going to send forward agents out to planets to essentially prime them for joining so that it wasn't as stressful to have to you know coerce them into joining yeah. uh the son doesn't like this at all and just um the, the dad also reveals that like they're gonna live for thousands of years both him and his son and he's like you know and he kind of it, because of that you know the the human human lives just seem so short and so fragile to him yeah, it's like different species. Yeah, and so that that seems kind of fucked up. And so they start fighting because the son is like that is like the last straw. The fact that you know his his mother's life was just a blip in his father's lifespan, and that, right. did, like, did he actually did they actually bring up the mother? Kind of they like? did, yeah. And the father says he 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 says well she was almost like a pet or something like that. And that's yeah. the thing that drives the son over the edge. And they start brawling. The dad's clearly like a million times stronger than the kid. Um, and so it's just the kid, you know, punching him and basically doing no damage. And the dad like rocketing him through buildings and stuff like that. And to drive home his point, the dad starts like punching him into like civilian targets. So, like, Ooh. there's a scene where he, like, a subway train is coming, and the dad holds the kid up face first, and because they're both invincible, they just tear through the train, and all the people on the train get slaughtered, like, by banging into the kid's body. Yeah. And he's perfectly fine, but he's traumatized now because of all this. Physically, yeah, but not mentally. And so, you get to, and you start to think, oh, God, they, they're... Like, this guy is just a horrible, like, heartless villain. Like, how could he do all this? Hmm. Um, but then, like, after this has been going on for most of the episode, it gets to the end, and, like, he's pummeling the shit out of his son. And he has a flashback to when, like, his son was just, like, a little, like, um, you know, elementary schooler, like, you know, eight, nine years old, and he's playing, like, baseball or something like that. And the yeah. dad's like, this is pointless. Why are we wasting time here? I could be doing so many better things. And the mother's like explaining to him, like, no, like, you know, 
you know, he's, here's our son. You know, we we made him. His joy is our joy, and you can see that the dad genuinely has like a change in that that memory. Like he's that's when he starts to see that that kid is actually be. It's more than a mission to him, and then it goes. I mean, it back. sounds like the dad was always a bit of a douche. I don't really know why she kind of went out with him. Well, muscular muscular douche. Um, but anyway, so but but no, but I think this is where where it, it comes to it. Because he he did genuinely save a ton of people, and the son makes this point throughout their fight. It's like, you know, this this can't be all you are. You you've genuinely helped people. I've seen you save people. You don't you don't think of them as just things. Yeah. And it it was that last moment where um, like the dad hesitates to throw the final punch that'll kill his son because he has that flashback to them playing baseball, and um, or to watching him play baseball and actually genuinely feeling joy at that. And um, he, it's a he, very American. Well, but but hold up, but he, it could have been replaced with anything. You know, watch your kid grow up and do something. Yeah, no, right. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was ba- you're right. It was very American. It was a baseball. Um, but and he shouts at the him. He's like, you know, you know, what are what are you doing? What are you fighting for? Like, why are you why are you doing this? Like, in five hundred years, what will you have left? Everyone you know and love will be dead. And then the son just like threw like a broken jaw and he's lost some teeth at this point. He just manages to spit out like, I'll still have you. And you can see in that moment the dad just like collapses to the ground. And he just, it dawns on him like how fucked up what he's doing is. And he just takes off, like flies right out of the atmosphere of the planet, like away. And they don't Mm. reveal where he's going. But as he's going away, you see he's, like, crying, the father. And so, and then, then there's, they kind of do some wrap-up work where the son recovers, and he, he makes up with some of the, one of the characters I said I hated, the girl that he was dating um, in the, the last one of these, he actually, she actually, I think they were setting her up for a redemption thing, because, you know, after watching this very public brawl between him and his dad, um, she kind of, she, she, uh, comes back and the two of them make up because she's she realizes that like um, his situation was a lot more complicated than she was giving him credit for because right. um, she kind of like she was she realized she was being a bit you know selfish and he realized that he should have told her everything from the beginning and they they both come to this we were both in the wrong moment and you know make right. up and uh, so that's that wraps everything up and they, they tease a ton of the stuff that's going to be happening in season two yeah um Oh, and okay, so it's not over yet. Oh god no. All. Oh no. So I think what's going to happen the big plot point in season 2 I think is going to be um what what the dad is doing out there cuz my suspicion is he's going to try and convince his empire people to not take earth and then something's going to happen and his either he's going to be yeah the 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 dad. He's part of that empire, the galactic empire that's all taken over planets and stuff. That's- did I miss that? <laughs> yeah, you might have. So okay. that's that's his backstory. Um, okay, is that he they 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 are spreading their utopia across the galaxy by force. Right. The the whole join or die thing. Okay, so I thought he'd started out as a human. No, 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 no. He's an alien. Um, okay, well then, yeah, okay. I can kind of almost sympathize with him a bit more then, because I mean, it's not really. I mean, yeah, no. Yeah, he's but, like, but but that's the thing. You do kind of you have to put yourself in that those shoes. If you were like. 
this is this is how you grew up you were taught that this is the way things are done and this is best for everyone and you get set you're trained as a military person you're sent out on a mission and you can see that he's still so dedicated to the mission but his son like manages to crack that armor and make him think like oh god is what i'm doing really best is what i'm doing really right and then yeah. that's when he takes off. So I think that's going to be a big plot point is how he resolves that. But I, I loved the finale because... and th So that's that's basically the whole the whole episode. But I loved the finale because they, they really, really managed to keep that moral ambiguity. Like, this guy did some heinous, horrible things in that final episode. Um... And his son, you know, his, was deeply traumatized in that. But the fact that the son doesn't just outright hate him and he just becomes like a, you know, mustache-twirling villain. Mm. Um, like, you can see that there's, there's still that layer of moral complexity there. Even if he comes back, it's going to be a long redemption arc um, because, you know, he's murdered a ton of people. People saw him do it on the news and everything. Um, like the government is basically developing weapons to try and kill him when he does oh, come back you. and stuff. Hello. Um, sorry, it looks okay, like. Okay, back. Oh, okay. Discord fucked up. Oh yeah, yeah. But the government's you know developing weapons to try and stop him and stuff. And so yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't. I want to watch season two. I can't wait for it. Um, but I, I just love the fact that they didn't take the lazy way out and give him just a generic oh by the way i'm secretly satan and then he kills everyone and they <laughs> find some silly weapon to kill him or something like that that would have been lazy but they actually managed to keep that layer of moral ambiguity there um yeah i don't know i just god i love that ending i could think of like m minor nitpicks to like tweak about it but no i was just satisfied That's it makes me want to it's it's based on a comic book, so I'm, I kind of want to read the comic now. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, quite, I mean, I think almost all superhero. Yeah, um, it's rare that they start off as a TV show. Yeah. But thoughts? It sounds a lot like a competitor for the boys. Do you yes. think it's better than the boys? Um. Yes. Oh my. I think, how how do I put it this way? I think The Boys has better side plots, but this show had a better main plot. Right. Because The Boys kind of got lazy with their main plot, especially in Season 2. Um, and, like, it was a bit predictable. This one, I, I, like, I genuinely enjoyed the main plot. I thought it was pretty original and pretty interesting. Maybe it's based on something else, I don't know. Um, but I really like, but I think this one had kind of goofy one-off side plots that were just okay. Um, but the boys, I think the side plots they had going on were actually pretty cool. Uh, and they, they had me interested. I see. Huh. Um, cool. How many, um, how many episodes are out so far on that? Eight. So eight season episodes. one is eight episodes. Two, yeah, yeah. And they're each episode, I think the first three episodes are about an hour. Um, most of the middle episodes are around like 40, 45 minutes, and then the last episode I think is an hour or two. I, I do prefer the the, the short and sweet um, seasons. Like, I think twelve is probably the max that I like. If it goes beyond twelve episodes in a season, I start 
like I, I'm wanting to get to the end of a season quite often because also, on. But I mean, normally that's when they do big reveals and exciting yeah. stuff happens. So if it's like a sixteen or twenty episode series, I do often find myself yeah. getting bored with it before I get there. Um, yeah, and each of those like eight episodes, the, the the first two or so were very much setting up the story. Yeah. Um, and then the last one obviously is back to main plot, but the, even the the episodes that felt like they are kind of filler in the middle served a seriously important point in developing characters and introducing like you know doing world building and stuff it just seems to be just really well written um i don't know who writes this comic because apparently the guy who wrote the comic actually wrote the first and last episode of the show which i think oh, is nice. probably why they're the best ones yeah i mean it's good to get the original content creators on these things yeah because they understand their audience, I feel like, better than anyone else could. Yeah. But, yeah, highly recommend. Great show. All right. Now that's enough positivity. Time to get into a fight. Yeah. Um, we had movie night this week on Monday. It was You said that, and I was like, did we have a movie this week? It's been a long week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, we watched the movie Stardust. Um, yeah, it was Alicia's choice this week. Yeah. I very much liked the movie. Um, Blue had so uh, some some serious. I, I like it. You had some serious nitpicks about it. I just you know about the last <laughs> sixth of the film. I mean, okay, can we can we agree that the first part was a bit slow? Yes, first of all, I'll okay, agree with that. Good. But there um, was they kind of switched between multiple times and people and all that kind of stuff. Do you want me to get a bit draggy? Do you want me to give you like a? I'll do a quick synopsis of it because it, the story isn't too deep. It, it's also very. You wanted to use the. Sorry, you wanted to talk about the um, history part of it as well. I yeah, and I will do that during the synopsis. So cool. the um, the the storyline is fairly predictable, um, but in a good way. Like it's a it's a classic like, you know, hero's journey kind of narrative where you have. Uh, you know, small town boy with um, maybe somewhat of an odd origin. Um, you know, he goes off on a journey because he wants something. In this case, it's to get, you know, something to, to win the heart of the woman that he's, he's fallen for, who's honestly a bit of a, you know, a petty materialistic bitch. Um, (laughs) so he, he goes off into this other world. So small town England, he crosses over and he finds himself in this fantasy realm, essentially, where there's there's witches and there's you know magic and there's sky pirates and you know all this other fun stuff um the stars fall into the earth and it turns out the star is actually a, a person well not a person but like a, a human type thing think like think like an elf from like tolkien they live forever and they're elegant and pretty and blah 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 um so the star is actually a woman and he uh, says he's going to take her back with him to show his his love and uh, you know, essentially it's it's he's going out to to prove like how he'll go to the ends of the earth to win the heart of this this woman who doesn't really like him and is willing to settle for some guy with a cheap haircut and who goes over to the next town to get her a ring anyway he they go through this this long thing and it turns out there's also other side plots. There are witches that want to get the star because if they cut out her heart, they can use it to, you know, grant themselves youth for a few hundred more years. Um, 
there are uh, the, the star actually has uh, an amulet on it, which uh, well, she she gets hit with the amulet, which is how she falls to Earth. That amulet is essentially a prize being sought after by these candidates to become the king of this empire. Um, they're, they're the king. So this is this is the part that I was going to do a historical reference. Um, the way the the king's succession works is he has like a ton of sons, and they all like essentially the last male heir standing becomes the next king. So they're all trying to like kill each other in some way and you know fight and do you know what have you. Uh, they, they there's still four of them left I think at the beginning of the movie, and um, so one of them dies right off the bat to establish this, and then the rest of them are are trying to find this thing and at the same time kill each other and throw each other off the track. This is actually based on the system of um, of succession that the Ottoman Sultanate used. So the way the Ottoman Sultanate worked was the Sultan would have a, a harem. He would have like so several different um, you know wives, and he would sleep with each of them until he got one son from each of them. And through court intrigue and the help of their mothers and, and whatnot, essentially the last son standing would become the next sultan. So they would all try to kill each other in some way. And it actually was a very, very stable... It's, it's fucked up, but it was a stable form of government. And it, the Ottoman Sultanate only fell after one of the sultans broke with that tradition and actually married one woman and, you know, they went with a more European monarchy style of succession. Um... So yeah, just a little little bit of historical trivia. Anyway, um, wrapping up the rest of the movie, they meet up with some sky pirates when they're trying to escape from a witch. Um, they give him some like basic training. Uh, he goes off and realizes that he's actually fallen in love with the the star, and she's fallen in love with him. And they they have this very sweet romantic moment, but through a series of events, she gets pulled away. And kidnapped by the witch, and you know him and one of the uh, the last remi- remaining person from the uh, from the, the the last guy before he becomes king. They all go and they they need to defeat the witch because she has both the amulet they want and the star that he's fallen in love with. Stuff happens. The king, uh, the prince dies, um, but the kid manages to kill the witch and save his love. And it turns out that his mother was actually the sister of the all the brothers who were competing for the the kingship, and he's now the last male heir. So he not only um, you know finds the love of his life, but he becomes the heir apparent and is crowned king of this empire. And they get married. He gets coronated, and there's a big giant um, procession where they do all that, and then the movie ends. Um, and Blue does not like the coronation. He thinks it's petty. Uh, okay, so from the point where you got to uh, they went after the witches at the end, yeah, um, it all fell to poop. Uh, yeah. For you, so uh, for 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 the director, clearly he was going through a rough time, and uh, he just he he beans it. No, um, so for the most part of the film, um, I think it was a two-hour film, right? Uh, a little shorter than that, but basically, yeah. Right. I think it was so like for about a- an hour and a quarter, hour and a half in the middle bit. It was really good. They were going on adventures. It was a little bit 
romantic, but honestly, I mean, for a start, the main character's mother looks the same age as the person he's trying to date. That was weird. Yeah, she didn't age throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, and yes, they got to the witch's lair. The dude, main character, despite being this good heroic character who was established for the last hour and three quarters, he he just lets the prince die. Despite not knowing the prince to be at all evil, or he just, as far as he's concerned, the prince is a nice guy, and he it just is, let yeah. him die. And I, this is a point I agree with you on. It is a weird thing that he just he hides behind a bin while the prince gets slaughtered. Yeah. Then uh, when uh, when he gets to the altar where the, the star lady is being sacrificed, mm. the witch basically whips out her just a freaking knife and yeah she's got like it's a crazy big cleaver like that thing is intense yeah it's it's like a a hook hook x i can't remember yeah think like Um, a butch a butcher's cleaver with a spike on the end of it yeah and she she freaking trounces him at at swordplay like she knocks him out of the park uh and then she's about to kill him and she's like no go true love etc etc and she lets the star go free but, oh, it was all a trick to yeah. not do anything. No, no, no. There is a reason, yes. and there is an in-lore reason why she does this. It's established that they get more, like, the star's heart is only valuable once, if she's not, like, um, like if she's not heartbroken. And she was, like, watching that guy die, that would have essentially made her heart worthless. So she releases her, so that the star gets hope, and then now she's like, oh, I'm, I'm with the love of my life, we're going to get out of here. And so her, her heart kind of rises up, and she starts to shine again. And that makes her heart valuable, so that she can actually use it to get youth again. That's and why that they do it. hope is crushed, utterly, in an over-dramatic, expansive way, where they closed all the shutters, smashed all the windows, like... They're not getting out. They're literally sealed in a coffin with a crazy witch that wants to kill them. Still, yeah. yeah. So it's made no difference except now, the witch is in a worse position to kill them. Okay. The Star Lady's free. No, it's uh, stupid. It's I'm gonna, stupid. No, it's. I will agree with you that the ending to the plan didn't make much sense, but the beginning, the premise of it, did make sense. The premise of she needed the star to shine that made sense. If she'd fully let them go, and they'd started a nice little family together, oh, how sweet, they've got a little child now, and then she brutally murders her in her sleep, Okay, that would have been a good ending. That, that, that would have made sense. The witch was about to, like, die of old age. She couldn't wait that long. Then why let... Like, take what you've got. Okay. Like, that was stupid. She, it was stupid. No, it was not stupid. It made sense in premise. The execution was just shit. So, like, what would have been smart is if she let them go like that, right? And then, like, very stealthily, like, shot up behind him and, like, you know, cut the star's head off, right? That would have made sense because she's she's yeah. all hopeful in that moment. But you're right. Going, like, turning around and cackling, going like, this is my evil plan! That was yeah. stupid. I agree. <laughs> but, smashing all the mirrors. What was the point in that? I don't know. She's fucking I, up her own house. But she could, she could, you know, she got four hundred years to build a new one, but, but, in premise, it made sense. She needed the star to glow. 
But in execution, it was stupid. I agree. But this is where we fundamentally disagree about this movie. These things were like game breakers for you. You were just like suddenly... Just like, oh, this is stupid. I can't. This, it's oh, what it was the stupid f- thing, one after another. There was no end I, to the stupid. I, I was so invested in the movie at that point that I didn't even really think about these things. It was like, okay, that's a little weird. The, the only thing that, when I was watching it, that bothered me, the only thing that bothered me of your list of grievances during the movie was when he hid behind the bin and didn't help the prince. I was like, that's kind of fucked up. But all the other things that you had problems with didn't bother me at all during the movie. I only noticed them once you pointed them out. And the mother being the same age. Well, yeah, I, th- I just thought that was weird. I, in my head, I was just kind of like, maybe she's immortal or something. Or maybe time works differently on this side of the wall or something like that. She's a royal, so she ages the same as the princes. Oh, I mean, to be fair, your queen is like, you know, 8 million years old and she's still moving around. Yeah, but she's a thing of, of myth and legend, alright? Well, maybe this lady is She could is take too. any of those characters. The other thing I was thinking about is um, maybe she didn't age when she was turned into a blue jay. Because remember the, the witch that... So, it's established that the kid's mother, um, the main character's mother, the, the whole reason he exists is because his father, when he was a boy, went over the wall, right? And yeah, went into and this fantasy world. Yeah, and well, Buds. It, it's... It's lore backstory. It doesn't really matter too much. Um, by that logic, though. But hold on. Let, let me let me give okay. my theory as to why the mother's young. So, the kid's father uh, bangs the mother, right? And nine months later, a little baby comes over the wall, and that's the kid. And the father has to raise raise him alone. But the witch that had enslaved his mother usually kept her as a blue jay until she needed her to do stuff. Like she transferred him into a bird. My theory is she didn't age when she was a bird. My main problem with that is that that is such a strong loophole that the witches could have turned each other into wolves and just not had to get the star in the first place. Oh, just like they rotated them out. Turn them into animals and lived forever without having to go and do something stupid. Okay. Like, c- come on, that 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 would be no. A that's mechanic. legit. Well, this is why the witches should have just, like, hired an outside consultant instead of just murdering <laughs> Also, every time the witches did magic, they got visibly older. Yes. And so, every time that the crazy separate witch turned her assistant into a blue jail back again, she must have been, like, a fucking five-year-old. Because she was doing that shit every day. Yeah. Well, they... It seemed like some spells aged them more than others. Like, it was proportional. So, like, when they did, like, basic stuff, like, made things float or whatever, that didn't cost anything. They didn't get older. Transmogging human life is surely more powerful than opening up the fucking mirror image long-range Skype call. Yeah. Which literally made her hair fall out. Okay, I'll admit, that's a plot hole. (laughs) But (laughs) I didn't even think of this at the time, but... Brilliant, thanks for breaking it down further for me, guys. It's okay. So it's, when you're dissecting it like this, this is my, my problem with like certain kind of movie or literary analysis. When you really start to critically analyze stuff, yeah, you start to see gaps and holes and things. But if you just... That's why I, this movie appealed to me on... I, I always put it out as like, it's like a classic fairy tale or like a classic mm. fantasy story. It's it's a really good children's tale. Yeah, you, you watch through it and... It's one of those timeless... I, I, would, I wouldn't I would say necessary... It's good for... Like, it's one of those all-ages kind of things. 
because I think I enjoyed this as an adult. I would have enjoyed yeah. this as a kid. I, it's like a like a, a Disney tale. Um, if they'd set it at Christmas, it would be a perfect Christmas film. Yeah, yeah, a good thing to sit around and watch with the whole family, right? Yeah. But but when you you're right when you st- but when you yeah you're right if you start picking stuff apart there's 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 holes. I mean <laughs> that's what I do in every movie. Guys. <laughs> also, can we can we talk about some of the funnier moments in this? Like the uh, the the goat that got transformed into a human. Yeah, I'm, that, I'm a big fan of that. Really, that guy was fucking hilarious. So the witch to try and trap the star at one point creates an inn, and she transforms. She had transformed this dude into a goat. And then she transformed him back into a dude and then into a woman and transformed the goat into a man and had them playing as, like, the innkeeper and she was the wife and the, the dude was the daughter and stuff. And But the thing is, he still had the mind of a goat. So every time somebody talked to him, he's like, hey, innkeeper, you know, something, something. And he goes like, meh. <laughs> just, yeah. And there's one point, like, any... <laughs> he was, like, chewing on a towel. I, I don't know. I found that hilarious. I mean, it's fucked up, but I found it hilarious. Yeah. Um, I th- yeah, well, we definitely appreciate different kinds of humor, I think. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, no, actually, I think you appreciate, like, 90% of humor. I think I just appreciate about 20% of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, um, I have a certain, like... I, I, I enjoy, like, my the two kinds of humor... I, I would probably enjoy the most are like kind of lowbrow like kind of humor and then also like sarcasm i love hmm. i love dry sarcastic kind of humor um all right other part that's funny um robert nero's in this uh he plays a gay sky captain um <sighs> not, but no okay uh well, cross-dressing uh yes transvestite yeah well th- it's not even like that he just it, it's it's just that it's heavily implied that he's gay. It is. He's definitely camp. Yeah. Um, and he he keeps a secret wardrobe in his captain's quarters full of, like, you know, dresses and frilly things that he does, like, his own little private drag show in. Which, again, he's an awesome character in the show. Nothing wrong he with is. that. Um, but the, the scene I'm thinking of is at the very end, when um, they're having the coronation, and... His, the girl, um, who he had been, he had been kind of fallen for before, but realized she was just materialistic and not really, you know, it wasn't, he, like, he had found unrequited love in the star, and so, by comparison, he realized that, you know, the, the childish, boyish love that he had for this girl was just, you know, shallow and, like, paper thin, and so she Mm. ends up marrying the dude who, um, she had the hots for before, and at the end, um, Robert De Niro, the, the gay sky captain, just, like, he winks at the guy, or the guy winks at him, who's, like, married. So it's, like, implied that, uh... I don't think... Right, so I think that... Well, at least what I took from that at the time, and I have no actual evidence to back it, but what I thought at the time was that that was actually his son. Mmm. But I don't know if they ever mentioned he had... I don't... Yeah, he was I talking don't... about having a son because they needed it for the ruse. Yeah. But I can imagine him being his son, especially because he knows sword skills, not as great as maybe. Character, I I, but... I think that's a bit of a stretch, but I it mean, is. there's no evidence to contradict it in the show. 
Yeah, I mean, it could be one or the other. It's nothing we can prove either I, t- I took it as they were implying that the guy that that girl married was gay. Possibly, well, bi, yeah. Yeah, yeah, gay or bi or whatever. Basically, um, you know, either way that he, you know, had the hots for Robert De Niro, even though he just married this chick. Yeah. But, anyway, it was just... It, there were so many good moments in that movie for me. Like, I just absolutely loved it. And I, I really uh, did like the star, the star girl. I, th- I thought that... She managed to, and the actress did very well on this, because she managed to capture this, uh, just portray this person who was simultaneously, you know, old and wise, but, like, remarkably ignorant about the ways of the world, essentially. Like, she had Mm -hmm. no practical skills, only, only what she'd seen from afar, you know, being up in the sky and whatnot. Should we should we move on to the uh, the final point of contention that's really going to get us? <laughs> <laughs> yes, go on. So the final scene of the movie, which Blue hated and I loved, was not as bad as the witch scene. Okay, well everything that I have to say about the final scene is purely based off of my own tastes. All right. Yes, and it's very petty. Wow. You're sounding very petty yourself right now, guys. I'm just, you know, I'm priming the audience to agree with me. Uh, <laughs> Go on. So the final scene, after they've been traveling all this way, basically living off, off what they could get their hands on, they've been lit, like, yeah, it, it's been a real tough struggle. And it gets to the end and they're like, bam, he's the last heir to the throne. He gets coronated. Yeah. And they do it in this massive, really fancy-ass chapel. Him and his girlfriend, the star lady, are wearing, like, fancy yeah. silks and furs. I, I, think, I think she's his wife at that point. I think it's implied that they're, you know... They never showed a marriage. <laughs> I didn't see a marriage license on screen. There was literally nothing about that, so... I'm, I'm, it's, it was his girlfriend. Uh, okay, which, okay, fine. Leads to questions why she was also wearing a crown. Well, that's why I think they're married, is she's wearing a crown. Like, I'm, she's the queen. Um, so but go yeah, on, finish your point, I keep interrupting. I didn't even think about that. Anyway. Um, and yeah, it's this very elaborate, very fancy, very upper-class wedding. Everybody's there, even people who have absolutely no right to be there. People who don't even know that this land exists are there. Well, and know. yeah, it's just very pomp and ceremony, and it's completely out out of character for the characters who are being coronated, in my opinion. All right, and Kaiser has reasons, and I can understand his reasons why. I just think it was in poor taste. For, I think it could have been a lot more of a beautiful thing. So but I think they fucked it. I I disagree on three points. One, yeah. I think it was beautiful. I, I find that sort of pomp and ceremony and elaborate, you know, stuff. I, I actually find it kind of, you know, beautiful. But that's that's taste. So I'll argue on two other points. One, it's never implied throughout the entire series that they want to be living by the scraps of their teeth or, or scrap, you know, whatever the hell that phrase is. I'm, I'm mixing my metaphors. But it, it's... That they want to be poor, that they want to like live a simpler life and that that sort of rural aesthetic. That's what they've had, but it's never implied that that's what they wanted. Two, 
you're talking about a medieval society and coronations were were a show of power it was a it was a political message to say that look you know our our nation is strong we we have we have elected a new head of state and that that pomp and ceremony was part of a political message to show part of that is um to discourage people from maybe taking advantage of your your country your nation your empire it's why um they they spent so much money on like these big ceremonies when they were bringing on a new monarch or a new head of state or something like that and you see that even with modern nations like when we have like a, a new elected president there's a big ceremony people gather there's all these crazy events and stuff it's a, it's a political message that you know we are still here we are still strong don't fuck with us okay but and i i, I agree um so the ceremony itself can be beautiful if they had had like a traditional church with like beautiful stone like tapestries and carving no this was like a hallway completely bare made out of gold all right that I can agree with you on. They could have done better, like, set piecing and CGI. Because it, it um, did look... It basically looked like they had rented out the Roman Colosseum without restoring it and put a bunch of chairs in the middle of it. No, fuck, the Colosseum would have been fucking awesome. Like, some broken old brick that had history well, to it? It was a big round thing. They had, like, stuff on the top. Um, if I remember right. It was very garish, is my point. Um, you and... know what... They, uh, neither of them, for a start, they'd never even been in that city before. They didn't even know that city was a fucking thing. Because they'd never heard of it from yeah. anyone. There, there's a lot of implied off-scene, like, oh, by the way, you're the king now. Here's all the stuff you have to do. Yeah. It, it does it's kind like of... They, <laughs> they didn't even know there was a kingdom. And to then he's be... holding out a fucking amulet saying, you're the new king. To what? <laughs> I want that reaction in the movie. I want that to be a deleted scene at the ending. Just, you're the new king. Of what? <laughs> you're, you're the new Elvis. Good job. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was, um... No, but okay. So that that's a very fair point. But there, there's a sort of, again, suspension of disbelief. There's an implied, like, off-screen. He learns all the stuff he's supposed to be doing now. Again, I personally would love to have a whole separate movie where he is now the head of state and he has to deal with what's going on as the king, just like a more like serious movie. That, that'd be kind of cool to see, actually. But this is more of a fairy tale, so they don't do that. They kind of gloss over the, the rough political stuff. It also felt very much like a copy and paste of Narnia. I don't I, know if you got that feeling, but I I've just only, felt that vibe. I've only read the books... Um, the oh, Lion, okay. the Witch, and the... Well, I've actually, take that back. I've only read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and I read it when I was, like, six or seven. So it's been quite a long time. Um, and again, I'm only talking about the last year. I know <laughs> I'm only talking about the bad parts. There were so many good this, parts. This is, what, this is what I mean when I said it was it was petty. Like, you've got... You, you've you let these... You're talking about it as well! You're, you're, about the you're good letting stuff. these tiny little elements, like, you know, destroy I'm the rest of the movie for you. <laughs> All right, all right, go on, go on. Sorry, I interrupted you. Really good cast of characters, like the the very very big name actors, tons oh, yeah. of them. Well, I think all the princes were big name actors. You had the pirate captain, you had um, the the witches, all sorts. Oh. Uh, some very funny jokes that even kids would understand. 
Uh, like the, the princes when they were ghosts, following people around, making just like sarky comments and yeah. They, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> That's another thing uh, that I didn't mention. The princes, every time one of them dies, they 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 stay ghosts and they're cursed to follow around the other princes until. Mm. You know, has been chosen. Exactly. So, the, basically, you've got a peanut gallery that no one can see and hear commenting every now and again. I, th I thought that was funny. Anyway, come on, sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, so, like, lots of very funny jokes. Um, the graph, the CGI, it wasn't the worst. It could have been better, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, um, it wasn't... They clearly spent a lot of their money on the acting talent in it. And yeah. that, that shows... but. The CGI, yeah, like you said, it was... You could tell what was CGI and what wasn't. Yeah. But it wasn't like, like... It didn't ruin the experience. Green fire all over the inn. I did not... It's always a good sign when I don't really pick up on something, even if it is bad in a movie, because my mind instantly goes, that's a problem, I'm thrown out of it. But when they were in the inn and the whole thing was set on fire with the green shit... Mm. Um, but I, I did... St I was stayed in... In the zone for that. Yeah. Uh, even though the whole knife smashing thing was a bit ridiculous. And I did bring that up, I think, at one point. Yeah. Um, I did... But, I mean, the end thing, I think they they made the right decision in focusing in on the characters in that scene. So the fire was there, but it was more of a background element. That's probably why it wasn't as noticeable, because they were focusing in on the characters, and they're afraid, and she's coming at them with a knife. And Also, when they lit the candle, and he actually, like, properly screamed, I was like, Nice. Because he didn't just like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he shoved his lit. hand in the fire, and so you get. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, good. I also like how they, because Robert uh, De Niro probably can't do a British accent, so he didn't. And so when he was talking about, oh, tell me about my beloved England in an American accent, mm. they're like, they, the kids like, you're not from England, and then he's like, oh yeah, yes, but I've heard so much about it. They, they work. They work the fact that he doesn't have an English accent into the lore, which yeah. just, I loved that. That was just like a tiny little attention to detail I thought was good. Oh, man. Just trying to think now. I think the only thing that could have improved it was if that evil prince was in fact David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of... All right. Got an ice cube in oh my god, so unprofessional eating nuts on my podcast. It was an I ice cube. My Easter egg. It was an ice cube. Anyway, oh. um, I finished my drink. Uh, so there was a uh, god. So when you're talking about like how garish and like tasteless the coronation was at the end. Yeah. Speaking of David Tennant, I was thinking of a line from another movie we watched a few weeks back. Uh, the uh, uh, Runaway, Runaway Bride. You know, Decoy Bride. Decoy Bride. Runaway Bride's a different thing. It is it? a different movie, yeah. But I mix those two up as well. There's a line that David Tennant has when he's like, you know, <sighs> arguing with the Scottish chick who's his like um, his counterpoint in the movie, and he's like, "Oh, I suppose we should have been." Uh, you know, she's making fun of the theme of the wedding that he's going to have, mm. and she's and he goes, um, "Oh, I suppose next time you know we can get married in a venue of your choosing, maybe." In some small three-star motel, you know, draped in tinsel, drinking German wine, watching your cousins make love in the car park. It's just like that's that line is what I was thinking of when you were describing how you thought it was garish and tasteless. The coronation. Yeah, I just I don't know. It could have been more like an. Uh, I pictured it as a as a woodland scene 
with butterflies and yeah. maybe this is just me expressing my feminine side. Um, <laughs> or your hippie side. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I do agree that they could have done better work with the CGI and with the set piece for the coronation. If they had done it, if the room was like the fucking Gatsby, where it was like black and gold, with that like would have patterns, been cool. that would have been fucking awesome. I would have had no problem. I, I don't like the fur that they were wearing either. I know that sounds kind of... I'm not against, super against hunting. I'm not for it either. But it just seemed very out of place for their characters. When I come to power, I'm going to get coronated in an Art Deco throne room. Nice. <laughs> Um, I mean, we've discussed this before, but when we talk about, like, our dream offices would be with the big padded chair and basically Art Deco and, like, wooden yeah, desks and yeah. stuff. Maybe we should, we should do that as a topic sometime. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that down. Maybe next week we'll discuss that. What are Interior our, I, designing. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. What are our, if, if we were, like, you know, king of the world or some shit, what mm. would be our, like, completely decadent, like, office environment? Like, what would our, our big boss office be like? I think um, we would have very similar tastes though for that. Yeah, potentially. Like we're all th- we're both thinking like brandy decanter slash whiskey slash rum. You know what I've always wanted? I want a drinks globe. I want oh, one yeah, of those yeah. those globes that open up and then there's there's like someone you know, I know has one of them. Oh god, I want one so bad. All right, we're we're just going off on the off the rails here. Um, so, I think yeah. we should probably wrap up segment two. Uh, segment three, yeah. we're doing another round of uh, reading um, the Eye of Argon. We we're almost Indeed. through the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, any any final <laughs> final thoughts? Or I think we've said everything we need to. Uh, yeah, uh, really good film. I'd recommend it. What was it called again? Stardust. 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 Yeah, yeah, great. And it was on Amazon. I think it, or not Amazon. It was on Netflix. Um, mm. And apparently, it's on the British and the American Netflix because yeah, fucking rare to have anything on the British Netflix, <laughs> especially things with British actors in it. For some yeah. reason, you guys can't watch anything that your own people make. Wait, is David Williams? He is English, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, yeah, he is. Anyway, we'll end it there. Um, this is going to be the end of segment two of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card, and this week we are back to the Eye of Argon, a god-awful story, <laughs> which has become a bit of a literary game and meme. Um, for those who have not seen us do this before or are unfamiliar with it, the, the Eye of Argon is a uh, like a fan fantasy story that was published in a magazine back in the 70s. It was almost lost from existence, but then some writer's convention, somebody had an old copy of it, and just as like a, a stupid party game, they decided, let's read this horrible story that's littered with spelling mistakes, has so, so, so many, like, th- this guy had a thesaurus and not much else, because he uses so many adjectives in this, like, in every sentence when he's describing everything. The premise of the game is you have a group of people at least two and you read through the story and you have to read it literally as it is printed on the page and if you auto correct in your brain like if there's a spelling mistake and you fix it or if you laugh or if you screw up a line or something like that you switch 
And the other person is the arbiter. The person not reading is the person who's an arbiter of, you know, when you've fucked up sufficiently that you have to switch. Yeah. Um, it, also, if you reach the end of a page, you switch. Uh, or if the, uh, sorry, yeah. the end of a chapter. So it has that, like, dash four or whatever. Um, just to keep it going. Uh, we've done so far 12 pages of the the story so far of uh, synopsis grignar the barbarian uh has he was riding and then he insulted some guards or soldiers and then they attacked him and he killed him and then I'm he was you remember this this is like a month since we started it, then he was he was wooing a whore which is again weird because the, the whole point of them is you don't woo them you pay them and then he got captured, and now he's in a dungeon. And I think there was some kind of a ritual thing going on. Not, not the whore's dungeon. It wasn't a good. He didn't want to. Yeah, it wasn't a good dungeon. It was in a bad dungeon because <laughs> <laughs> he got arrested because he killed those soldiers or something. I. Yeah. A lot of this is me making leaps in logic because the story isn't very clear. Like every paragraph is about eighty percent adjectives, and like twenty percent actual relevant content, and most of that relevant content is misspelled. So, that's about where we are. Um, are you... Do you want to start? Or should I? Should I? Should we roll a die? Flip a coin? Let's, let's roll for it. All right. I want evens. I want odds. So there we go. Cool. Don't now roll a dice that has more odd numbers than even. <laughs> <laughs> shall I? Shall you what? Roll? Yeah. yeah, roll. You looked like you were going to grab something. Four. Even. Nice. All right. So, so the food is where we food. left off last time. Yeah. <clears throat> the food, if you can honor the moldering lumps of fetid mush to that extent, was borne to him by two guards who opened a portal at the top of his enclosure and shoved it to him in wooden bowls, retrieving the food and water bowls from his previous meal at the same time. After which they threw back the bolts on the iron latch and returned to their other duties. Since deprived of all other means of nourishment, Grigner was impelled to eat the tainted slop in order to ward off the pains of starvation. Though as he stuffed it into his mouth with his filthy fingers and struggled to force it down his throat, he imagined it was that which had been spurned by the hounds stationed at various segments of the palace. There was little in the barren vault that could occupy his body or mind. He had paced out the length and width of the enclosure time and time again, and tested every granite slab which consisted the walls of the prison in hopes of finding a hidden passage to freedom, all of which was to no avail, other than to keep him busy and distract his mind from wandering to thoughts of what he believed was his future. He had memorized the number of strides from one end to the other of the cell, and knew the exact number of slabs which made up the bleak dungeon. Numerous schemes were introduced and alternately discarded in turn as they suckered to unravel to him no means of escape which stood the slightest chance of success. Anguish continued to mount as his means of occupation was rap- Fuck. I said was. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, you got further than I thought you were. Um, like... I think uh, reading out Equestrian Bronte has uh, has helped. You know. mm. <clears throat> Alright, so. 
Anguish continued to mount as his means of occupation were rapidly exhausted. I didn't even see that, did I? <laughs> Wait, did I? You didn't get that far. You stopped at where or was. Oh, okay, yeah. Suddenly, right. without no tithe, he was routed from his contemplations as he detected a faint scratching sound at the end of the crypt opposite him. All right, quick timeout. I had nothing in those two paragraphs, pretty much, that was, like, out of place. You just got, like, four things yeah. in a row. <laughs> Suddenly, without no tithe. What the hell is that? Yeah. Exhaust space T next line id. <laughs> like, yeah, he, there's a space between exhaust and Ted. And then the Ted is broken across lines. Anyway. Yeah. The sound seemed to be caused by something trying to scrape away at the granite blocks the floor of the enclosure consisted of. The sandy scratching of something like an animal's claws. Grigner gradually groped... Wait, I'm... You've lost it though, mate. That's fucked. <laughs> I'm s Gr Grignor gradually groped. That's the line that killed me. <laughs> the autobiography. <laughs> Alright, alright, so, calm down. Chill. You. Okay. Grigner gradually groped his way to the other end of the vault, carefully feeling his way along with his hands ahead of him. When a few inches from the wall, a loud penetrating squeal and the scampering of small padded feet reverberated from the walls of the roughly hewn chamber. Grigner threw his hands up to shield his face and flung himself backwards upon his buttocks. A fuzzy form bounded to his hairy chest, burying its talons in his flesh while gnashing towards his throat with its grinding white teeth, its sour fetid breath scorching the squirming barbarian's dilating nostrils. Grigner grappled with the lashing flexor muscles of the repugnant body of a garganuan brown-hided rat, striving to hold its razor teeth from his juicy jugular as its beady grey organs of sight glazed into the flaring emeralds of its prey. He said emeralds! It's another point! <laughs> it says emerald. Also, congratulations on not mispronouncing yeah. Garganuan. Like <laughs> Garganuan, yeah, I, I'm surprised I spotted that. Uh, I started laughing because flung himself backwards upon his buttocks and then a furry form bounded to his hairy chest. I was, I was like, oh no. I was like, I was literally like clenching my jaw, trying not to bust out laughing at that. Yeah. The teeth it's were a bit weird as also, well. Also, can we talk about the beady grey organs of sight? You mean eyes? <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, like even scorching was spelt wrong. Scorching and squirming. That's why I paused on squirming because I was pronouncing specifically that it didn't have a U in it. <laughs> Skirming, um, yep. God. Alright, it's the end of the page. We'll uh, I'll take yeah, over. Yeah, it's your turn. You're up. <clears throat> Taking hold of the rodent around its <laughs> lean... It. No, but Okay, that was just me mispronouncing <laughs> I'm, the I'm like, It's fine, but, but like, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taking. I was expecting it to be misspelled. <laughs> Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> Taking hold of the rodent around its lean, growling stomach with bolt. Ah, shit. I'm mispronouncing correctly spelled words. You're still on the first line. I'll, I'll let you keep going. Okay. Taking hold of the rodent around its lean, growling stomach with both hands, Grignar pried it from its crimson rent breast, removing small patches of flayed flesh. 
from his chest in the motion between the squalid black claws of the starving beast. Holding the rodent at arm's length, he cupped his right hand over its frothing face, constrict... Nope. Cons Contricting. Contricting. Okay, you can you can take over from con holding, but... Okay. Or, or take over I'll, from there. I'll go from retaining. Okay. Uh, wait, is that the right line? Yeah, I, no. No, no it's not. The right I've line is holding. Yeah. He cupped his right hand over its frothing face, contracting his fingers into a vice-like fist over the quivering head. Retaining his grips on the rat, Grigner flexed his outstretched arms while slowly twisting his right hand clockwise at his left hand counterclockwise motion. The rodent let out a tortured squall, drawing Scarlet as it violently dug it its foam-flecked fangs into the barbarian's sweating palm, causing his face to contort to an ugly grimace as he cursed beneath his breath. <laughs> that, that doesn't count, I made you laugh, but... <laughs> yeah, no, it was the end of the paragraph anyway. I kind of give myself a little break at the end of the paragraph. Yeah. Can we talk about how, like, medically, like, precise this is? You know, clockwise, uh... counterclockwise, you know... Yeah, I was gonna say, I thought you meant, like, actual... Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. Uh, Alright, go on. With a loud crack, the rodent's heart... Are you okay? I said heart, and so head, because I was reading parted. Oh, yeah. Same okay. <clears throat> with a loud crack, the rodent's head parted from its squirming torso, sending out... A sprinkling shower of crimson gore and trailing a slimy string of disjoint ed, vertebrae, snapped trachea, esophagus, and jugular, disjointed hyphoid bone, more. Nope. Wait, what did I. Oh, hyoid bone, shit. Yeah. Good fucking try, though, because that was a lot of medical terms, one well, after the I'm, other. I'm used to see- I was actually surprised that they're accurate, like, trachea, esophagus, jugular, disjointed hyoid bone, like, he's de he's actually describing the bones and pieces of the neck and head, like, pretty accurately. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this guy who can't spell properly apparently has a degree in medicine. <laughs> oh my god, disjoint- Ed vertebrae, snapped trachea, esophagus, and jugular, disjointed hyoid bone, morose purpled stretched hide, and blood-seared muscles. Before you go on to the next paragraph, I have an, a modified theory. He didn't just have a thesaurus, he also had a copy of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> he was watching Scrubs. Didn't have any... No, no, God damn it. No, the, the actual book, Grey's Anatomy, that's what the show's named after. It's it's an actual, well-known, like, anatomy textbook. Oh, okay. It's a bit too American for me, I think. Even... I don't know. But anyway, go on. You're right, flinging. Flinging the broken body to the floor, Grigner shook his blood-streaked hands and wiped them against his thigh until dry. Then wiped the blood that had showered his face and from his eyes... Wait, did I read? Yeah, I did. I read yeah, that. you did. Yeah. Again, sitting himself upon the jagged floor, he prepared to once more revamp his glum meditations. He told himself that as long as he still breathed the gust of life through his lungs, hope was not lost. He told himself this, but found it hard to comprehend in his gloomy surroundings. 
Yet he was still alive, his bulging sinews at their peak of marvel, his struggling mind floating in a miral of impressed excellence of thought. Plot after plot sifted through his mind in energetic contemplations. Okay, right. You want to explain First why you did the he? Because the fucking... The letters are completely disjointed. One of them yeah. is, like, floating above the other, so I went higher. Yeah, it almost looks like and a superscript. Self, it went like, self. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew why you did it, but just for the, the sake of people listening okay. audio-wise, like, there's a reason, this this is something that is uh, is relevant. And then at the end, they did a double space, so I paused slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it hit him. Minutes may have passed in silent thought or days. He could not tell, but he stumbled at last upon a plan that he considered as holding a slight margin of plausibility. He might die in the attempt, but he knew he would not submit without a final bloody struggle. It was not a foolproof plan, yet it built up a store of renewed vortexed energy in his overwrought soul, though he might perish in the execution of the escape. He would still be escaping the life of infinite torture in store for him. Either way, he would still cheat the gloating prince of the suckered revenge his sadistic mind craved so dearly. The guards would soon come to bear him off to the prince's buried mines of dread, giving him the sought-after opportunity to execute his newly formulated plan. Groping his way along the rough floor, Gregna finally found his tool in a pool of congealed gore. The carcass of the decama- Ah, oh, I fucked it. Yep, you, yep, you skipped a letter. I tripped on decapitated. So you're doing a lot better at this than I have been, this session. <clears throat> I'm hopped up on coffee. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, honestly, I'm gonna be wired later. This is, um, this is green tea. <laughs> and I had, like, Scottish breakfast tea in this cup, so... This is like, got a lot of caffeine in it. This is more caffeine than I'm used to. I'm gonna be jittery as fuck for D&D later. Anyway, um... <clears throat> uh, you left off at congealed gore. From the carcass, I would say. Yeah. The carcass of the decapitated rodent, the tool that the very filth he had been sentenced to spawned. When the... Yeah, sorry. When the time came for action, he would have to be prepared, so he set himself to rending the sticky hunk in grim silence, searching... Hulk. By the, did I say hunk? I said hunk, yeah. didn't I? I'll just finish the line. You can go for it because there's not much left. Um, in grim silence, uh, searching by the torchlight of his fingertips for the lever. Touch. Fuck! By the touch of his fingertips <laughs> for the lever of freedom, or to, to freedom. freedom. Jesus Christ! I suck at this. <laughs> and you know what it is you're gonna you have one paragraph now and then it's gonna be right back to me on the next page all right just go it's not even a paragraph it's like a sentence all right go you you got uh, so by the way we're on chapter five you know that up was the to other. the altar and be done with it wench ordered a fidgeting shaman as he gave the female a grim stare accompanied by the wrinkling of his lips to a mirthful grin of delight okay oh we're back to we're back to the chick again is this is, is this the whore or is this a different chick? And I'm not I'm not saying I don't even know where we are. I'm not saying whore <laughs> derisively. I like she literally was a prostitute. Um, um I don't know. Alright. Honestly. Whatever. I'll keep going. Jesus, let's see if I can do better. 
The girl burst into a slow, steady whimper, stooping shakily to her knees and cringing woefully from the priest with both arms wound snake-like around the bulging jade-jade shin <laughs> rising before Sorry, her scantily attired figure. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> take a second, take a second. That was totally my fault. It literally said snake-like around the bulging jade-jade shin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what's happening here. I was like, is that something lewd or is that... I don't know. And what's she holding on to? A, a jade what? The, the jade jade shin rising before her scantily attired figure. Like... Alright, whatever. I think that's the priest's dick. <laughs> God damn it. Alright, alright. I'm good. Her face was redly inflamed from the salty flow of tears spouting from her glassy, dilated eyeballs. <laughs> Clearly, Jim Thighs, Jim Thighs is a romance writer. Like, this guy could be right up there with some of the best. You know, you could play Amore in the background. Best a love story than Twilight. <laughs> Grignar and this nameless whore. And the wench. Grignar and the wench. It could be a soap opera. Uh, all right. With short, heavy footfalls, the priest. No. What? Footfalls. Oh, you're right. Sorry. No, no, you're right. No, no there's only okay. one L. But no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll. If you're, if you're fine with me keeping going, I'll keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. With short, heavy footfalls, the priest approached the female. His piercing stare never wavering from her quivering young countenance. Halting before the tariff-eyed girl, he projected his arm outward and motioned her to arise with an upward movement of his hand. The girl's whimpering increased slightly, and she sunk closer to the floor rather than arising. The flickering torches outlined her trim build with a weird, ornate glow as it cast a ghostly shadow dancing in horrid waves of splendor over smoothly worn wit whiteness of the marble whiteness. hewn altar Oof. i have no idea what i just read i no, just <laughs> i mean what i get a far better idea of what's be being said when you're saying it than when i'm doing it because i'm focusing entirely on just not clocking up <laughs> uh all right. right is it you or me i'll, I'll keep you know, I'll, I'll keep going i haven't okay totally fucked up yet <laughs> the, the shaman's lips curled back farther exposing a set of blackened, decaying molars, which transformed his slovenly grin into a wide, greasy arc of sadistic mirth and alternatively interposed into the female a strong sensation of stomach-curdling nausea. Quote, Have it as you will, female. <laughs> Gloated the enhanced... Enhanced priest? What? Yeah, his jade jade bones. <laughs> No, god damn it. Alright, gloated the enhanced priest as he bent over at the waist, projecting his ape-like arms forward and clasping the female slender arms with his hairy round fists with an inward surge of his biceps. No, 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 this is way too much laughter. <laughs> I can't keep a straight face dance. It's because what cracked me up was that you did um, <sighs> old man equestrian's voice. I did, yeah. I went with the um, have it your way, female. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Okay. Slide continue? Yes. I fucking lost it. With the surge of his biceps, he harshly jerked the trembling girl to her feet and smothered her salty wet cheeks with the moldy touch of his decrepit dull red lips. The vile stench of the shaman's hot, fetid breath overcame the nauseated female with a deep, soul-searing sickness, causing her to wrench her head backwards and regurgitate a slimy orange-white stream of swelling gore over the richly woven purple robe of the enthused acolyte. The priest's lips trembled with malicious rage as he removed his callous paws from the girl's arms and replaced them with tightly around her undulating neck, shaking her violently to and fro. The girl gasped a tortured groan from her clamped lungs, her sea-blue eyes bulging forth from damp sockets. Cocking her right foot backwards, she leashed it desperately outwards with the strength of a demon possessed, lodging her sandaled foot squarely between the shaman's testicles. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to go for a sultry voice, and then I get between the shaman's testicles. Oh my god. She kicked him in the crotch. Like, also, hey look, Jim Thighs, you used the word eyes. Not eyeballs, not organs of sight. Like Yes, the orbs of revealing. Yeah, emerald orbs, I think was how they described his eyes in the... God damn it. Okay, so, yeah. testicles. I fucked you, up you didn't... at the beginning anyway. Yeah, okay, so I'll, I'll take over from there. Yeah. <clears throat> The startled priest released his crushing grip, crimping his body over at the waist, overlooking his recessed belly, wide open in a deep chasm. What? His face... Right, it was in at the end. Okay, okay, okay. His face flushed to a rose-red shade of crimson, eyelids fluttering wide with eyeballs protruding blindly outwards from their sockets to their outmost perimeters while his lips quivered wildly about allowing an agonizing wallow to gust forth as his breath billowed from burning lungs. His hands reached out, clutching his urinating... Wait, what? Urinary gland. His urinary gland! It's his dick! (laughs) (laughs) We, We had organs of sight, now we have his urinary gland. Uh, should I go from that? Yeah, yeah. I, I fucked that up, so go. I, I thought he was pissing himself, so I said urinating, <laughs> but... Alright, it's you. His that hands done. reached out, clutching his urinary gland, as his knees wobbled rapidly about for a few seconds, then buckled, causing the ruptured shaman to collapse in an egg-huddled mass to the granite pavement, rolling helplessly about in his agony. The pathetic screeches of the shaman groveling in the dejected misery upon the hand, hewn granite laid pavement, worn smooth by countless hours of arduous sweat and toil. A welter of echo oozing through his clenched hands attracted the perturbed attention of his comrades from their fetid ulations. The actions of this, this rebellious wench bespoke the credence of an unheard of sacrilege. Never before in a... You can finish the paragraph. ...lost maze of untold eons had a chosen one dared 
to demonstrate such blasphemy in the face of the cult's idolic deity. Deity. Fuck. I mean... Yeah. I fell for his classic deity. <laughs> we're, we're, we're at a point where we switch anyway, but still. Yeah. Can we... Just... I can think we talk they, about the fact that... made him come when she kicked him in the balls. <laughs> That's why it's ironic. Like, what's, what's, the, what's the meme? A welter of icor <laughs> oozing through his clenched hands. What's like, the, what the fuck? What's the meme peas stored in the balls? Um, but no. So the, the thing that made me laugh is that they took a break from talking about the girl and the priest that just got kicked in the nuts. First of all, we've been talking about a priest getting kicked in the nuts for about five paragraphs now. Second, they took a break to specify that. The tile floor was handmade and polished. And, like, why are we talking about the tile floor? He just got kicked in the nuts. What the fuck is this? Just for selling purposes. Oh Jesus Christ! Out that hole. All right, let's. This this will be the last page. We'll finish this page and then we'll we'll call it a part because we've actually already yeah. been going for a while now. Um. <clears throat> The girl cowered in unreasoning terror, helpless in the face of the emblazoned acolyte's rage. Her orchid tussled face smoothed betwixt her bulging bosom. Wait, sorry, what? Smothered. Oh, sorry, smothered betwixt her bulging bosom. All right, you can, you can take over. No, you keep going. I've had fuck tons. Okay. Um, her. I'll start from the beginning though. Her orchid tussled face smothered betwixt her bulging bosom. As she shut her curled lashes tightly, hoping to lashed. open them. Oh, God. Her curled lashed. You can take over after this paragraph. Okay. Uh, <laughs> tightly hoping to open them and find herself awakened from a morbid nightmare. Yet, the hand <laughs> of destiny decreed her no such mercy. The antagonized pack of leering shaman converging tensely upon her prostrate form were entangled all too lividly in the grim web of reality. I didn't even notice the prostate mistake. Oh no, prostrate was right. Yeah, prostrate was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it would be funny if it was prostate, but I mean, <laughs> she she damaged his prostate. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you... Shuddering from the clammy touch. Is that how you spell clammy or not? Mm, no. I thought it was with two M's. That's it's why two it went M's, claimy. yeah. It's claimy, if you spell it okay. like that. Shuddering from the claimy touch of the shaman as they grappled with her supple form hands, wrenching at her slender arms and legs in all directions, her bare body being molested in the midst of a labyrinth of orange smudges, purple satin, and mangled skulls shadowed in an eerie crimson glow. Her confused head reeled, then clouded in a mist of enshrouding ebony as she lapsed beneath the protective sheet of unconsciousness to a land peach and resign. I Can we put am this on really YouTube? eager <laughs> to see what the YouTube autocorrect for the subtitles is for this. Oh my god, I really want to... Oh my god, that would be awesome. We should go back... Because that awful as it is. At but... some point we should go back and look at our old... Um readings of this or even our readings of yeah. equestrian bronte and see what uh youtube puts for our subtitles also i was <laughs> thinking we're probably gonna get the i mean if this was monetized which it isn't it'd be demonetized to hell because of all the like lewdness but at the same time it doesn't make any sense so maybe it wouldn't be considered lewd 
I mean, like, is erotica erotica if it's just a confused mess? I mean, I'd say the dinosaur porn was erotica, even though that's a confused mess. Yeah, we need to get back to that. Uh, we need to branch out. Take hold of this rope, said the first soldier, and climb out from your pit, slut. <laughs> Presence is requested in another far deeper hellhole. I'm sorry. They keep calling Grignar a slut, and I don't think Jim Thighs knows what that word means. I don't think they're talking about Grignar, are they? I think... They, look, the next paragraph. Yeah, you're right. It's still you. Also, I, 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 made you I made you I laugh. I feel like so it's, it's an homage. <laughs> I made you laugh, so it's not, it's not you. If you want to keep going, you can keep going. Okay. Grignar slipped his right hand to his thigh, concealing a small opaque object beneath the folds of the G-string wrapped about his waist. Brine wells swelled in Grigner's cold, jade, squinting eyes, which grown accustomed to the gloom of the Stygian pools of Ebi Ebony. Fuck, sorry, yep, you're up. Yeah, okay. Oh my god. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Jade Jeez, squinting man. eyes, which grown accustomed to the gloom of the Stygian pools of Ebony engulfing him, were bedazzled and blinded by flickering radiance cast forth by the second soldier's resign resin torch oh you're so close you're resin so torch well. <laughs> soldiers <laughs> flickering yeah like, what's with the stutter in this the paragraph of, of flicker to be so it's flicker er yeah <laughs> jim jim thighs oh. was a little uh little i don't know it was the 70s maybe he was coked up when he was typing this Maybe. Um, shall I continue, or do you want to? It's up to you. You're the arbiter, because you're not reading. Uh, I'll continue, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to fuck up in this next paragraph, and then you Go can for it. out. Tightly gripped in the second soldier's right hand, opposite the intermittent torch, was a large double-edged axe, a long leather-wound oaken-handled, transfixing the center of the weapon's iron head. Adorning the torsos of both of the sentries were thin yet sturdy hauberks, the breastplates of which were woven of tightly hemmed twines of reinforced silver braiding. Cupping the soldiers' feet, wrapping... Wait, I lost my line. Yeah, you, you, you skipped it. Yeah. You, Here. You can go. <clears throat> Cupping the soldiers' feet were thick leather sandals wound about their shins, to two inches below their knees. This is all very specific. Wrap, um, wrap, wrapped around their waists were... Out. Half, fuck. Wrapped uh, about their waists were wide satin girdles with slender bladed poniards dangling loosely from them, the hilts of which featured scarlet-encrusted gems resting upon the manes of their heads and reaching midway to their brows were smooth copper morions. Spiraling the lower portion of the helmet were short, up, curved silver spikes, while a golden hump spired from the top of each bassinet. Beneath their chins, wound around their necks and draping their clad shoulders, dangled regal purple satin cloaks, which flowed midway to the soldiers' feet. Hand over hand, feet braced against the dank walls of the enclosure's huge Grigner ascended from the mouldering depths 
of the forlorn abyss. His swelled limbs stiff due to the boredom of a timeless inactivity compounded by the musty atmosphere and jagged granite protuberance against his body craved for action. The opportunity now presenting itself served the purpose of oiling his rusty joints and honing his dulled senses. Fuck me. He's getting lubed up. That was a that was a rough paragraph. Good good on you for getting through that. Yeah, I did. I think tripped, but I managed to. Yeah, you 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 recovered. You hesitated for a moment, but you recovered it. <clears throat> yeah, like the tr- protuberant. I wanted to say protuberate. Well, and and because that also so the the not the atmosphere, the at- atmosphere. Yeah, I caught that one just in time. Holy fuck! <laughs> oh man. Ugh. All right. I think let's let's end with that. So next time we'll yeah. pick up on page thirty-eight, which has a weird cat picture at the bottom of it. It does. Is that a cat or a thing? I don't know. I we'll find out. It looks like some Doctor Zeus creature. Yeah, we'll 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 find out in you know in our next reading of yeah. it. Um, next time on Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> next time on Dragon Ball Z. Uh, so we're halfway through. Next time on Grignar and the Wench. Mm. Um, that would have been a better uh, sto- name for the story, honestly. Would have made more sense, at least. Yeah, it, it would have been more relevant. They they referenced the Eye of Argon once, I think, so far. Yeah. The cultists, I think, have the Eye of Argon. Anyway, that's <laughs> as crazy as that was. Um, you know, hopefully you enjoyed listening to us uh, reading this. Um, I mean, actually, if you enjoyed listening to us reading this, there's probably something wrong with you. I mean, we enjoyed it. I mean, I yeah, no, I I got a I got a huge kick out of that. <laughs> okay, any any final thoughts before I close this out, Blue? Uh, we're, we're, it's going to be the end of the year that we're going to finish this, I think, because we I thought we were getting through it really fast, and I look at where my page is, and it's like halfway through. Yeah, we're only halfway through the story. God knows Jesus. how this ends. Uh, yeah, anything exciting happening for the next week? Uh, well, episode 41, I mean, we it's your movie choice. Um, do you have something in mind? It is. Yeah, I was thinking Dread. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's a movie I've always... Yeah. I've wanted to see, because um, I, I only found out about... I'm not a big comic book, comic book person, but no, I only I found don't. out about Judge Dread soon, but the concept seems... Uh, I'm just hoping it's not too graphic. I've heard that it's very gory. Yeah, it is very gory. Um, I mean, I, I should have said this during segment two. I mean, I did last week. Invincible is excessively gory. Yeah, but that's cartoons, so I can kind of deal with that. Yeah. With some exceptions. Um, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, uh, what, what, what's our segment three next week? Do you know? Uh, it's going to be a, a, a random thing. It's nothing planned. Okay. The wild card of the wild card. All right. Mm. Uh, so look forward to that. Um, this is going to be the end of episode 40 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and hopefully you will tune in again soon. You jackass.